Welcome to The Sheeple Show. This is the podcast where we try and understand what is actually going on in the world. My name is Andy Marley. And I'm Matt Smith, although you probably know a much more famous version. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's only a small hop. It doesn't it's matter. Small, it's, like a, it's, it's a liar. It's spelled L-Y-R-E. It's a small handheld harp. I'm going to get one of them. Yeah, but are you going to sit there and when you're expecting guests, just start strumming away so that they walk in and follow the music to find you sitting there in a weird-ass suit strumming away? Ah, I see you've arrived. <laughs> so you went for the weird-ass well, suit. I was going to say, yeah, just sat there naked wearing nothing but leaves. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can wear leaves. They the naked good. child next to me on pan pipes. <laughs> okay, that's adding an extra element of weird that I did not want to face. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome How to did he learn the pan pipes? <laughs> did you teach him the pan pipes or did you find him like that? I found him like that. <laughs> it's just how it goes, mate. Spooky. It's like Majora from Majora's Mask. It's going to come do spooky to your world and then make everything weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then the moon. That's it. That is it. But yeah, so yeah, so that, that's my next. My next musical purchase is, is a liar. like it. I, can already, I already know how to play it as well, so... All right. I've, just, I've only played a seven-string liar, but I'm going to buy a 16-string liar. That's a lot more strings. You it should be ready. But That's yeah. over a 50% the theory... increase in strength. <laughs> the theory should be sound. I should still be able to play it. All right. Saying that, I bought a violin. I'm like, yeah, I'll be able to play it. <laughs> I'm sure you can play it. It's just to a standard of which you're able to make any kind of musical influence on people. So difficult. I was like, because it's the same tuning as a mandolin, and I'm already fucking awesome on the mandolin, so I've got loads of shit I can play on it. It'll be fine. I just have to get the technique down. It's that fucking technique, man. Yeah, well, that's always the case, isn't it? There'll be a point where you just, you're like, oh, shit, I did it. Yeah, well, that's that's, I mean, that. This sounds horrible. I hate it. I don't like it. Oh shit! I did it. I can make a noise, and I can I can play something that resembles a tune. Well, then you're getting closer already. There's just nothing that I can show people yet. (laughs) Well, yeah, but you know, I'm sure one day when you're sitting down and you're in your room just chilling, it will stare you down and say, "A day." Yeah, let's do this. So I bought it for for one particular song that I wrote. I was like, that would sound really nice with the violin. So, but when I released the song, I had to I had to do it using a synth. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised <laughs> because I just couldn't not, do it. <laughs> I couldn't imagine just going from no violin skills to oh look, I'm coherent. That's where my arrogance got the best of me. Can you pluck it though? Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm really good at music. I'm really good at lots of different instruments. I can play a fucking violin. No, I can't. But it looks yes. nice hanging on my wall, though. I've got it on my wall. It looks very nice. Yet, can't play it. <laughs> yeah, it'll get there. I'll get there. I will get there. It will do. It will get you. Once I get it, I'll play. I'll play the theme tune for this podcast on the violin on on one of the episodes. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Imagine how that would sound. 
It's probably going to sound so jarring. <laughs> Be used to the, it's like when you hear, you know, a video game song that's like 8 bit and then you hear the orchestral version and you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. what the just happened to my brain? What was it you said the first time you heard the, when I made the, the music for this, for this podcast, the first time you heard it? So it sounded like um, was it the porn news. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit of a 80s charm, let's call it, you know. <laughs> the neon and all the, what, the, all really the associated apps. It's like quagmire music, isn't it? Yeah. It's just as soon as something uh, sexually incidental is going down. It does, it does go a bit lounge jazz, that theme, too. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, I'm doing another Frank. one. I'm going to do a separate a separate theme tune for the bonus episodes. New theme tune. Yeah, bonus episodes coming in 2022. Yay. Look forward to that, listeners. Those are years, not <laughs> minutes. It's, about, it's a month away, man. December already. It's Don't crazy. Say that. You'll make it real. It's, Crazy. No, it's still uh it's still nineteen ninety nine. Still nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, mate, we're going into the millennium. Why <laughs> two K and all that? To be honest, before you called me uh, on Skype, I, I was actually listening to a load of the music that I was listening yeah. to in the, in the late nineties. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's like all these. Uh, Random obscure bands that even my friends don't remember that I loved, like Half Cocked and uh, Misspelt Youth. Nah, yeah, missed on me. I think more uh, of like the boy Brut- bands, you know. Yeah, Brutal Deluxe, which is a great name for a band. And then yeah, the the Bon Jovi '90s phase and all the weird sort of we've we've got tired of glam rock and need to calm down a bit. Glam. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, actually, half-cocked were kind of glammy. It was part of the times. It's not necessarily any indication of them as people. You almost had to be so bombastic as to stand out from the other ridiculously bombastic lot who were then ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was a... You couldn't get seen unless you looked ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, And we've got the washing machine and the tumble dryer going in the background, just in case anyone can hear that. Because he's, I don't have that many days off, so I have he's to do misleading all at once. He's got Bruno working on a Bitcoin mining farm, and all he has to do is keep running. <laughs> Bruno's washing the pots at the moment. He's pot washing and Bitcoin farming, you know, he's making the real money. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And I've got to dismantle a, uh, an armchair at some point as well. I don't know how consistent a Bruno run server would be. Not very. <laughs> you know that dog, man. He's scatty as fuck. <laughs> He's an absolute moron. That could work to our advantage, though, you know. It keeps going when you don't expect it. Bless him. Bless him. We're doing triangles this week, aren't we? Specifically weird triangles with eyes in. <laughs> yes, we are. So yes, we've got to triangle up first. We're, yeah. So, so we do it. So, so we start the weekly triangle up then. 
Yeah, that's right, baby. The weekly triangle. Weekly. Look how excited you got about. One day I'm going to run out of shapes and I'm going to start making them up, and we're going to see if people can transition from sense to nonsense. <laughs> that's what we should do. That's what I should uh, how I should name all the uh, all the episodes just by whatever shape you come up with. Ah, oh, that would be really good. I mean, imagine getting like any kind of hacks or anything. No one oh, would know. It's so fucking difficult for me. Like, to Pentagon. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hexagon. Pentagram. What? What are these horrible shapes? And I'd be like, they're just shapes, mate. You're reading into it. Dodecahedron. Trapezoid. What is it? Trapezoid. <laughs> well, there's trapezoid and trapezoid. That's the shape that swings from the ceiling, isn't it? I think so, yeah. The trapezoid. Or is that trapeze? <laughs> there's loads of shapes, and I'll get better at them. You just wait. I'll surprise you. <laughs> okay. All right, so that's the shape tangent. <laughs> Weekly roundup. <laughs> Triangle up. Triangle up. You got right, it right so... the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it actually fits the theme. <laughs> so, our first story. It's uh, We're going to get this out of the way oh. right now. It's to do with the simulation theory. Yay, I like this one. <laughs> um, and it's uh, Elon Musk has presented more evidence that we are living in a simulation. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the evidence is quite intangential. So you can present anything as evidence. It's just a case of whether it holds as evidence. What his evidence is? No. Um, the technological advances in computer games. So because video games are getting yeah. more realistic to him, that proves that we are living in a simulation. Well, arguably, every time you make a video game, you make a contained simulation where these actors and actresses are pretending to fulfill a role of quest giver or enemy or whatever it is. You know, you've got to then assign them those traits and give them behaviors. And with some of the more recent games like Metal Gear uh, 5, uh, it's the best one I can think of, where the AI has just got ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it was so, that game. It's madness. Like it's it's not necessarily the fact that you know someone sat there and coded all these things in. It's the fact that the com- the computer itself, without any influence of a human, now that it's got all the information it needs, can figure out what to do. You know, if you have knocked out a dude, he sees that he's like, uh oh, there's bad guys about. You know, if you put him to sleep, he's like, what are you sleeping on the job for? And gives him a kick and wakes him up. Yeah, you know, if like there's a uh, a noise or a sound, they can go and investigate. If there's something amiss, they can investigate that. And the the little things that can trip them and trigger them are getting more and more obscure and ridiculous and more realistic to the point where they almost have primitive human behavior built in. How weird would that be, though, if we're in a simulation as people simulated? Making more simulated people. That's a, didn't Rick and Morty do that in an episode? I, it's kind of weird, but do you not? I mean, whether or not simulation theory is real now, it definitely will be soon. <laughs> that really won't surprise me. 
Well, it's the self that's, that, that's the real Truman show. It's going to be, look, we've created this computer game. All these people think they're real. Yeah. They've got sentience. Yeah. But they are completely, they're sprites. They're just, they're bits, they're bites, they're like. Yeah. Slight tangent, but they uh, gave cephalopod sentience earlier in the news. Didn't yes. This week, which I thought was a cool improvement. But again, showing the wreck, like the fact that we're recognizing animals and other creatures before we do things like technology it's a bit scary i think china or japan i might be mistaken actually launched skynet in the last couple of days <laughs> something like that <laughs> i might I be actually launched yeah it's basically the uh ai learning program for the world or something it's pretty much skynet uh, they started reproducing AIs as well and things like it's going to get exponentially terrifying developed well developed in both a good and a bad sense over the next few years I mean it, it, once you've got all of these incredibly intricate things like AI like technology in terms of you know uh, both digital and physical technologies and you could start combining them into that. That's when you get the scary stuff, you know. That inconspicuous giant battle tank that you see that needs someone to get inside it doesn't anymore. You know, it decides who it's going to blow up. It decides who it's going to murder on a case by case basis on the information that's put in. But if the information put in is skewed in any way, or is not neutral, or objective, or is not like empathetic, then you've got monsters. It's almost impossible to give an AI the full kit that it needs to work with, right? You can't give it that uh, empathetic connection. You can't make it think, okay, actually, I understand what they're going through and can sympathize with that plight. Yeah. You won't get that with computers. They would just be like, eh, no. Yeah, look, everything that has to be black and white for computers, there's no gray. Yeah, well, the more grey you add, the more errors they have. Like, they can't... It's logic loops, isn't it? Like, uh, I told you I was playing Near Automata earlier, and that is incredible. And that game presented the idea that, essentially, uh, machines lack one thing, and that's the ability to actually coherently learn from their experiences. They can know about a topic over and over and again and assess it. But then every time they complete and fail their task, they then reassess. That reassessment is the exact same criteria as the first assessment. They're not going to consider their failure in that assessment. You know, it's, it's a bit of a weird sort of thing to think about. But if a machine's sort of like trying to get through a wall, and it runs at the wall and tries to break it because it's calculated that as a successful thing. If it fails, it's going to reassess and do the exact same thing. Yeah. It's not going to go, that didn't work last time. I should probably find another way around. No, it's going to keep trying what it believes to work. And that's kind of... Woof. <laughs> that is kind of woof. Have you played, um, I think it's called Generation Zero. No, I haven't. It's a robot uprising in 1980s Sweden. Wow, that sounds incredible. It's good, man. It's, it's a um, survival game. Okay, now it sounds scary. 
it's yeah, it's loads of fun. You just like you just die so much. Yeah, that tends to happen when you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, you have to survive the robot uprising. But it's all like 1980s sci-fi robots as well. So all these yeah. big clunky things like um like Ed 209 and shit like that. Daleks and stuff, big old oh, chunkers. They're actually a bit scarier to me than the loads of Swedish synth music as well. <laughs> the music's incredible. Like John Carpenter on steroids, man. I love it. I don't actually find the idea of androids that scary. Because once they clear Uncanny Valley, that weird sort of middle ground, and they start looking relatively human, they look fine. Yeah. There's no issue. But, and if they look really mechanical and scary and just sort of exposed, that's terrifying, isn't it? So what was the game? Um, can't remember the name of the game, but like the graphics are incredible, and it's one of the most real, real-looking games that I've played. Was it the? Uh, Detroit Become Human, the David Cage one. No, no, it was it was set in like it was it was set way back, way way back. Uh, it was a woman who uh, she had, I think she had uh, schizophrenia. You can hear what you had to play with a headset. You can hear voices and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, I want to say Hellblade. Uh, uh, possibly. That was uh, Senua's Sacrifice, that one. Yeah. yeah, that good fucking game. But yeah, the graphics on I haven't that, played but... it, but I heard a lot of good things. It was so... one of those sort of early PS1, PS whatever, Jet 4 games well, yeah, that, that came out. That just sort of... Uh, if anyone does play it, I should sweet. play it. Put the headset on and play it that way. But they did the spookiness. Yeah, well, it's part of the game because she hears voices. And it, they t- made it part of the game because you have all these voices like, you're never going to do this. You're going to fail. You're going to die, Sharon. And, and like, but then there'll be one voice in the background that tells you what to actually do. To So like, you have to figure out which voice you can listen to and which voice yeah. you can't. And if you don't have the heads like, you don't hear that. Yeah, it's that's really good. fucking good. And I was really impressed because they worked with um, mental health professionals and people who have schizophrenia to get it right. That's really good. No, I never thought about the idea of playing that with headphones or things like that. You know, my sort of typical experience is to sit there with the TV, you know, and just do it in the room. The whole room is my gaming room. <laughs> Occupado kind of deal. Yeah, I'm like that. Now that I've got um, got my smart room set up and I've got like all the smart lighting and everything, it's like, yes, let's sync that motherfucker up. <laughs> Right, if the game's... Not, at the moment, it's all like blue, fucking blue and green lights. Uh, Did you ever play uh, Eternal Darkness? Uh, yeah. Savage's Requiem, one of my favourite games ever. That was it's one of the spooky... it's, it's, it's Lovecraftian, of course. I, I know, but it's one of those sort of hidden gems, right, where people That's look so... at it from trailers and stuff, and it looks like this janky third-person sort of thing. But then... Some of the stuff that goes wrong in that game is it crazy. I've been I've been looking for a copy of it because I've got I've still got a GameCube. Yeah, me too. I, I've been yeah I've been looking for a copy of it on my GameCube, and I'll just quite happily sit there and just play. It's so good. You're going to tell me you've got it now, aren't you? I might do. I'll have to have a look. If I think it's it, man, I think it's American though. I will find a way to play it. <laughs> I've, I've got a way. But I don't think you're supposed to talk about those kind of things. 
if you've got it, man, you, you're, we're going to spend a whole fucking day playing. <laughs> I'll have a look. I'll find out. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a great game. But yeah, some of the stuff such that messes with your head there and goes a bit wonky is uh, really interesting and really well done. And again, it shows like you the sort of fourth wall breaking that you can yeah. do. You know? That's what I liked about the, the latest Call of Cthulhu game as well, because the, um, the sanity uh, gauge in that is just, it reminded me of Eternal Darkness. It's so good. Yeah, God is a game developer, right? And you're just sitting there, you know, he's like, oh, too easy, is it? Here, have some rain. Yeah. Here, have some misfortune. Oh, so what's good. that? I want to stir up a bit of trouble. Let's have you do that. <laughs> AI script, <laughs> off. Friendly fire, off. off. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. So good. Right, but yeah, so we went on a tangent about video games there. But yeah, so Elon Musk says that... Um, advances in video games proves that we are living in a simulation. I mean, yeah. Because of how realistic things are getting now. I don't know about proof, but it definitely provides a good argument, as we've just discussed. Like, uh, there's a lot of elements that carry over, right? Yeah, I think about that wrong. But I also think it's important to note that he is either the first or second, depending on what time it is, uh, richest person in the world and he already thinks simulation theory is real and people are doing it so do you not put one and one together and think that potentially because he thinks other people are doing it he's now got to do it first yeah <laughs> yeah that's how his mind works as well isn't it so well that's megalomania and the self-fulfilling prophecy like combined you know the megalomania makes you susceptible to what people think about you some and then the whole like being ridiculously rich and having that sort of public pressure on you to do something with that I and mean, he might just suddenly do something extreme like hey look do you want to live in the matrix try it yeah. Super creepy. Oh, I know. But anyway, let's move on from simulation theory. Yeah. And into our second story of the roundup. Second one. Apparently, the first ever pictures of an alien taken inside a UFO have been released as part of a book. Uh, right. So this guy um, is part of a book, uh, which I can't remember what it's called, and I can't seem to see it. Oh, it's called UFO Contact in Italy. Um, and because apparently there's been loads and loads of people who claim to have contacted aliens and UFOs in Italy. Mm-hmm. So the, this guy um, was abducted... And he was allowed to take photos inside the UFO. So there's like pictures of control panels and stuff. And there's also a picture of an alien that this guy took from within the UFO. Dead or alive? Alive, very much, very much alive. That's the picture of the alien. Looks like a person with sunglasses on. It's just a bloke. It's just a person wearing sunglasses. It looks like Lou Reed. Right. It yeah. looks like we read. <laughs> it's such a perfect day. It's Lou Reed. No, I don't. I don't buy it. I think that's. Uh... 
I want to buy it. I want it to be that we've already got some sort of civility with aliens and so on and so forth on a private level. But then at the same time, I think that that kind of shit's hard to hide, right? For them to have a relatively trusting relationship, they're not going to get it just on observing us, are they? That's it. So, um, so the claims in the book says that a flying saucer landed in Francavilla in Italy on the Adriatic coast. Uh, the author of the book, Dr. Roberto P- um, Pinotti, uh, the book's coming out in February, he said that two men were allowed to enter the UFO and take photographs. Uh, the diameter of the UFO was 24 metres, and the control cabin was 10 metres. Uh, these rare and extraordinary photographs, as well as two photographs of the alleged extraterrestrial pilot. Uh, apparently this happened in 1957. Yeah, I was going to say, it had to be back in the day, because this, you can't do that kind of thing now. It's not... It, it, we're globally it's, connected. We're like yeah, a so surveillance It's the only world. case that I'm aware of that allegedly has photographs of the inside of the UFO. I mean, that's cool, but I also think that kind of stuff would be relatively easy to fake, right? Especially when you're talking about photographs from the 19... What was it, 50s or 30s? 50s, 1957. 50s. So, yeah, like, uh, cameras would still be black and white, if I'm correct. Yeah. Which would yeah. give you no sort of perception on anything. And the control panels themselves, it's not like they're going to be in English and tell you what they do. <laughs> Thruster. But the aliens were in there. Yeah. They were telling everyone what they are and, how, and helping them out. So, oh, this is this, this is that. Yeah, take a photo of me. It's fine, not a problem. Oh, let, let, like let me go get let me go get my Lou Reed leather jacket and my big Bono sunglasses. That seems more like a story, like some sort of movie director has made like an alien spaceship prop and wants to see how believable it is, so he just plumps it. Yeah, what I want to know though, the guy who's writing this book and he's publishing these photos, did he look at that photo and did he think did he say the same thing as me and you? That's a guy in sunglasses, or did he just go, yeah, that's an alien? Is there any part of his brain going? It's a bloke in sunglasses. Again, that kind of photo is a bit weird because you can look at it and see kind of what you want to see. You know, I was looking for human features subconsciously because, yeah. you know, I'm trying to distinguish it out of a shape. And you, so, saw, you, know, human, saw, you saw human features in that photo. Yeah, I saw a face, human. relatively obvious, a chin, a neck, eyes that it's were obscured by sunglasses, you know. It's a man. But if you were to, like... <laughs> cross your eyes and go out of focus and look at the grainy sort of bit you could if you looked at something else something. <laughs> or if you were really drunk you might look like an alien it's so blatantly a guy it's so obviously a guy uh, yeah it could be a girl though we don't know okay yeah all right yeah it's a person it's definitely a human being wearing sunglasses but i say to me it looks like Lou Reed. <laughs> Looks like Lou Reed. <laughs> it really does. I mean, the spacecraft, was it Was it the satellite of love? Oh, maybe. Maybe it's all just a big album. Which is one of my favourite Lou Reed songs. <laughs> big old ploy. I don't think any aliens... But did the alien was like, here's my, this is my wife, sweet Jane. We're going to have a beautiful day. My advice for the human race is to walk on the wild side. How many more Lou Reed jokes can I get out of this? <laughs> yeah, quite a few. <laughs> There's probably loads of people listening to this going, the fuck is he talking? They were all Lou Reed songs. They were all songs that Lou Reed was involved in. 
<laughs> and, but yeah, no, I don't think it's an alien ship. No, not at all. I, no, I can't, like, the, um, the photos of the control panel were in the article. That was the only photos of the alien that was in the article. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. And again, as well, terminology is important. Alien doesn't necessarily... Modern day terminology for alien means out of this world. Yeah. Right? But previous terminology for alien meant anything not in your immediate tribe. Yeah, so that's why. French yeah. would be alien to us because their culture is different. Yeah, I can't remember if we spoke about this, but Demi Lovato wants us to stop using aliens when talking about extraterrestrials because uh, they say it's racist towards extraterrestrials to call them alien. Well, then it's, we can't call ourselves humans either, and then we reach a massive impasse. When it well, my to, thing with that until is... Until we have a specified... Unless they want to come to us and say, we'd prefer to be called this, and, you know, this is our name, this is what we do, cool. Then we can address them like that, and we can have a proper rapport. But we're talking about an unknown, and that's the best sort well, of... Well, can we prove that they exist before we start talking about whether or not we're offending them? Well, they do exist. I mean, it's just a case of whether they're as interesting as we think they are. Again, alien means out of this world. So things like moss on a meteorite are technically an alien. Yeah. You know, bits yeah, of like it's what we said before. bacterial junk that are just on the yeah. bottom of someone's shoe. And they went yeah, we've we said this before. There's a difference between um, life on other planets and intelligent life on other planets. Yeah. yeah. And we're expecting to be able to recognise this as well. Like They yeah. might be on a level they're right here right now but in a different plane of dimension or something and we just can't perceive them so we just coexist you know we may never know there's so much to it i mean we're using radio signals from the 30s to communicate because that's how long it takes for the radio signals to get across space and if they it's like shooting a laser across space right we're hoping someone can see it or that it touches something like, if we shoot in the wrong direction, or it goes off into completely away from where life is, not only do you miss and get nothing back, but you also then have to wait another 30 years or whatnot to send it out because of how long it takes to go out and come back. You know, radio is not even to speed of light as a limited speed limit, you know? <laughs> It's the universal speed limit. You can't go any faster. Not without breaking the rules. <laughs> yeah. Some rules should not be broken. Well, that's a different topic. But, I mean, the speed of light is something that even if you could break it, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> you know, I mean... I'm watching we... cheat sounds like it's about to take off. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going at the speed of light. <laughs> this might sound a bit weird because the like... Everything is vibrating in this room at the moment. I think I've put too much in it. It's all right. It'll do its thing. Acknowledge it not. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, I mean, the likelihood that we find alien life of radio signals is pretty fucking low. <laughs> the, the likelihood that it stumbles up to our doorstep is pretty fucking low. With space being as vast as it is, it'll probably be 
a case of looking for needles in haystacks on both sides. Well, by using radio signals, are we not just going to find the CB freaks from another planet? <laughs> Hello, well, come in. Can you hear me? Well, Hello? that's the weirdest thing. Like, even if they did send a message, it would be 30 years before we heard it. So they may have already arrived by the time the message arrives. Do you know what I mean? It might not coincide with actual time. If they can travel at the speed of light or do have advanced sort of spacefaring technology, which they would need to be able to find us, right? And they would arguably have to have some sort of perception of radio signals and that sort of technology, which again, a lot of assumptions already. But then, they have to find a way to understand what we said, right? Yeah. And then they have to figure out how to reply. And then they have to actually reply. Which sounds easy when you're a human, right? Talking human. But you don't know. You know, what, you get a message in Chinese on the radio. You're like, oh, shit. First thing you do, interpreter. There are no interpreters in fucking space. There's not going to be a guy who casually speaks human, is there? That's it. That's why most sci-fi franchises have that little gadget that fits in your ear that translates everything. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, they'd only have that when the races have come together and collaborated to their languages. You know. Yeah, exactly. You can. Yeah, you can't. You can only sort of translate what you need somebody who knows the language to yeah. get languages to be able to translate it. The only way you'd be able to do it is if we sent so many messages so often that we were able to basically identify our whole language and let them figure it out. Kind of like a cipher code sort of thing. Mm. Then again we're assuming that they have those problem solving capabilities based on everything else again. So technology is an assumption. Travel uh, kind of comes in with it. And then the ability to understand, comprehend, learn, and break down our language into something that is tangible for them, and then communicate to us before they arrive. Which do you think is going to be easier? Oh, we'll just tell them when we get there. (laughs) (laughs) How much fuckery is that, just to respond to a message? We're better off sending out, like, kindergarten stuff you know like uh explain like i'm five sort of messages <laughs> yeah smiley faces and big sons oh yeah <laughs> pretty much we need to have like giant helium balloons over the earth like birthday party welcome come one come all bring cake and even then we might be stood up yeah so yeah i think it'll be interesting I'd love to find aliens in my lifetime, but I think it's 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 going to be a case of us having to find them. I think, yeah, or us finding each other. It's not going to be a. We can't just expect it to land on our lap. Yeah, they're just going to turn up and say, "Yeah, we've been here on time." Yeah, hello, let's be friends. Oh, no, yeah. that's not that's not how it will work. If they know we're here, they're probably just watching, and they're either assessing what they want or they're not interested as long as we're not trying to fuck with them. Yeah. You know, if we start space mining and things like that and encroaching on territories, there's a good chance we upset some of our neighbours, but 
our neighbours are very fucking far away. They are. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> it would take like, what is it, like eight years to get from here to Mars, and that's the next planet over. Yeah. You know, like 16 years to go there and back of your life. And that's literally if you leave the moment you get there. Eight years. Oh, this is nice. Bye. (laughs) That's not going to happen, is it? But then think, you know, if it's eight years to Mars and then you think of the next planet over, which is what? uh, Jupiter. Then all of a sudden you've got yourself an extra what? However many years added on and so on and so forth, like exponentially increasing. And you have to go in a straight line. Well, let's not forget as well, all these aliens that come to the, apparently come here, they're not from our solar system. Well, I mean, then how the fuck did they get here without us well, noticing? There was one, um, how have we not mentioned this guy? Uh, Valiant Thor, do you know about, do you know the name? I think we did mention this guy. Didn't we? In a previous episode. But yeah, we'll cover it again. It's the, yeah. uh, it's from, supposed to be from inside the Milky Way or something, isn't he? Um, it was from Venus. Yeah. I was working with the government. And it, cause it's basically, there's photos of a weird-looking guy. People and he's an alien. <laughs> no, he's just, he's a human. He's just got big ears. That's all it is. I reckon he probably is a weird-looking guy that lived on a space station in Jupiter and came back home, and it took him most of his life. So he's got no fucking social skills, and he is literally an alien. That's something that's going to be quite interesting when we start spacefaring is uh, child development. Like, you know, you don't really see how schools work on the Starship Enterprise and stuff. And on occasion when you do, it's uh, it's very sort of glossed over and philosophical. They do that in Orville. They're they're good kids. They show show the education in Orville. They're going to have basically a... You get sent to Mars when you're a kid. You learn on the way, and then you get there when you're well, ten. It's, it's what the alien they class as bestiality. Say that again. Would sex with an alien be classed as bestiality? No. Because it's sex with something outside of your species. Well, technically, yes, but I mean, we don't even know if that's a possibility yet. Like for it to be, I'd fucking alien. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not opposed, but you're assuming it's not just a giant mass with an orifice. Like the blob. Yeah, that's still one. Get, getting in that, you know? That's still one. Or just some intangential plant that doesn't actually that's... have any visible way of doing anything. Again, we assume a lot about aliens being like us and looking like us, but we could literally be invaded by sunflowers. <laughs> what if the plants are the aliens all along and we've been growing from them what if plants weren't meant to exist and then something happened in space and they were like haha moss on your doorstep now we're growing I did actually see something before where somebody had caught this theory that um, plants are just farming us I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they've got uh, that cycle. I think it's particularly trees. 
well, it's a mutually beneficial cycle, isn't it? There's no reason for us both not to coexist. That's exactly the palette that's been given to us. We can cut down and use some of the trees for wood and for various other things, but wood's more of a artisanal use thing now. You don't really use it for more practical applications because you have metal. Yeah. You know, the only things you do with wood is stuff that you just don't really want to waste the metal on. It's weird. But even, you know, we know that driftwood's a thing, right? Yeah. So space driftwood could probably be a thing. Yeah, that's probably what that um, 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 thing that... (laughs) That's a bit bigger than driftwood. (laughs) That's uh, like a planet destroyer. Yeah. I think we spent enough time on story number two. But yeah, so yeah. So Luke Needham was an alien. That's what I'm taking from that. Yeah, the trees are alien. Watch out. And uh, that film, what is it, The Happening? Yeah. Uh, start worrying. Yeah, Lou yeah. <laughs> Reed was an alien and Satellite of Love was the clue. That's the name of the ship. <laughs> Satellite of Love. What a great song. All right, story number three. Right, so story number three is a QAnon story. Yay, QAnon! So a QAnon follower has written an open letter to Donald Trump to complain about the predictions not coming true. Oh, what a twat. (laughs) Basically, what he's saying is... Yeah, but Donald, we did all these online things and we empowered you and made you strong and then you didn't make our dreams a reality. What's going on, Donald? Why aren't you delivering, Donald? What's wrong, Donald? (laughs) That's exactly it. That's exactly it. The actual thing is, is said, this is starting to get very old. He's complaining because his family thinks he's nuts and he's been doing all this stuff and waiting for all this stuff to happen and none of it's been happening. So he's saying to Donald Trump, hurry up, get on with it. We know you're going to do it. I must say something a little controversial, but this is not a world that fosters faith. Hmm. You can't just have blind faith in people and expect shit to change or to happen. So everything is set up and is machinated and designed in such a way that there are only certain outcomes. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't just, oh, I'm going to be a a superhero. To no, that's not an outcome that's prescribed by society. Work within your bounds, so on and so forth. This guy's obviously so disillusioned into thinking that this guy is essentially. I'm going to use the word God. I don't mean it necessarily in a religious sense. I mean in, in the omnipotent, um, you know, that he's assigned these deity-like qualities yeah. to a man and is now feeling scorned because he's not a deity. You know, you if you expect that of people, you're, you're already a bit... Yeah. So, basically, the thing that he's complaining about the most is this thing that QAnon... And- I mentioned earlier we're going to be doing a bonus. We're going to start doing bonus episodes in the new year. The first one will be a proper, in-depth look into QAnon. And I say, when I say in-depth, the research I'm doing for this is ridiculous. It's going to take me. Wonderland, baby. 
campaign. It's going to take me a couple of months to get this episode planned, and it's going like that's the like the the uh, the structure the the whole structure of the bonus episode is going to be different to what you're used to listening to us, but it has to be because of how just how much there is to this and how much information and how like it's overwhelming to be Again, honest. It's, it's one of those things the lack of knowledge and the sheer sort of scope and scale of controversy and everything else has given this almost taboo <laughs> nature. It's almost to... like every week there's a new thing. And like they're just coming up with all this random crap. But the um But they're being so listened the main to thing as well, in this so letter. It's a mutually mutual failure. You know, I mean, we're sitting here talking about them for things like we might be ridiculing some of their actions and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, they still get the attention. They still get the time of day. That's it. And it's so mad that, like, when we spoke about um, the theory that Keith Richards was actually JFK Junior in a mask. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we had so much fun talking about that, and we, we it was so funny. Um, yeah. But there's people out there who believe it. That's the divide that's important to acknowledge is this isn't just humour. This is, for lack of a better word, a living contemporary example of some of the facets of insanity. Yeah. You know, like... So the main thing in this letter that this guy was talking about is this thing called Red October. That's another thing. Vietnam or... It was, uh, it was a Tom Clancy book that was made into a film. Oh, that's the Hunt for Red October. I think it was based on a true story, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it had Jack Ryan in it. And Sean Connery playing a Scottish-Russian. <laughs> a scratching. A scratching. <laughs> isn't, isn't that what, what like you can put in your hair? No, that's a scrunchie. But, I mean, if you oh, could no, put a scratching in your it's, hair... It's, it's, on, it's on locks. I wonder what a scrushion would actually sound like. Would they sound angry or would they sound endearing? Sounds like Sean Connery playing a Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Without the worst accent ever. Bless him. Yeah, so Red October. It, it's not necessarily happening in October, but um, the idea of what QAnon people say is what they call Red October is a claim that uh, global cannibalistic paedophile elites will be rounded up and arrested along with their enablers around the world. And Donald Trump is apparently the man who's going to do all this. So this letter is this guy saying to Donald Trump, saying, look, can you hurry up and do this? It sounds like Trump made a bad business call, right? But he's he's never said... One of the most ludicrous wishes that I can grant to people. Let me find them. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Don't worry. Yeah, I can make that happen. I could make that happen. I can do this. I can do that. I can can make all your dreams come true. And then when it comes to delivery day, just like every other politician ever, it's all lip service. Yeah, that's it. But he he hasn't actually made any of these claims. He's not said this himself. They've said it about him. I reckon it's more a case if he's accidentally implied it and then just not denied it. Not even that, like, trust me. Like, I'll say, I've been doing some proper hardcore research into that. I've been watching videos, like, of him talking. He has not made these claims, but he doesn't deny them. Yeah. Because anybody, it's the same reason why he won't distance himself from white supremacists. Because anybody who's, anybody who says, 
I like Donald Trump. That's it. They're instantly a good person to him because they like him because he's an arrogant fucking man-child. Again, the whole... You like me, so I like you. I would like to pose the question while we're on the topic. Do you think megalomania is a symptom of power or do you think it is a product of power? Or, you know, is it something that attracts power or is it something that is attracted to Um, power kind of thing? Which way does the... I think it could be a a bit of both, to be honest. Because I can't, like, in this world where we have billionaires that literally wave their finger and the entire structure of the world can change. You know what I mean? I mean, look at, like, if, for example, Facebook got taken down, you know, when it goes down, how much of the world shuts down and whatever else, how much is based on that and how much of it has a digital footprint or the same is true with something like, you know, uh, any kind of recording software like we're using now, that Skype or whatever else, you know, if any of these sort of companies were to just stop doing their thing, well, there's too much riding on it now. We're overly invested. So they've kind of got us by the balls and can do what they want and know it. You know what I mean? How is that not going to then feed their megalomania and we then look at them as these ridiculously successful ridiculously like the finest of human specimens but then we fail to realize that by putting all of these uh, attributes and qualities on them that they have to have to have had to be rich and successful right you know you can't be rich and successful without working hard without Yeah, you know, all the generic qualities that you suppose it well, it's unraveling. That's not true anymore. But because you're self validating them, they, they then feel like they have, they have worked hard and then feel an obligation to keep working hard because now you've acknowledged that and you've fed that desire for them to have meaning in their work. And then they're essentially glorified gods, right? <laughs> you're Please, please, Mr. Mr. Musk, please make electric bulldozers so that we can keep building. Please do it for the sake of the planet. And then Elon Musk is like, I already did that. They're for sale over there. Yeah. And then there's a massive, ridiculous spike transfer in wealth. You'll see all the other companies that made non-electric bulldozers plummet, even if they have electric versions just because Elon's an individual, you can attribute everything to him. So in the same way that we look at Tesla's successes and attribute them to Elon being a good CEO, Tesla's failures or any of the other companies, we would then attribute to him being a bad CEO, even if he has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Yeah, fair point. It's so individualistic and it's so mad how... The idea of power just literally infinitely corrupts. It, it it doesn't matter who you are, what background you have, how well-educated or logical you are. The way people treat you when you have power over them makes it, reinforces that, makes it more unhealthy, makes it more distanced. And eventually it's just a case of being pushed over the edge. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
wait till we get Elon's fucking electric Tesla art cannons or whatever for whatever <laughs> alien war effort or the simulation grenades. Do you know what I mean? It's going to start going fucking bashing. And it will be us that's at fault. Collectively, well, not not like you and me, literally. Uh, yeah, sorry, mate. I did a bad deal and I sold a simulation grenade to to Elon. <laughs> a simulation grenade. <laughs> yeah, it's like a grenade, but it only works in the simulation. You know how we've got guns that only work when they're uh, validated by ID and things like that, biometrics and so on and so forth. Well, eventually. You'll need biometrics to use the world. So isn't that already a simulation? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Why are we back to simulation? We're supposed to be talking about he, he, To be fair, because Elon is involved. And he literally... You is. involved him. Elon, Elon Musk isn't involved in QAnon. You involved him. No, he's just... That you know, he's he's the more, more positive side we'll of the drama. Donald Trump. Trump. Donald Trump's a mindless businessman. He doesn't have the brain or the capacity to be effective and have these psychological and philosophical conversations with himself. So instead he's going, oh, God, they like me. I'm so good at what I do. They must like me even more. They love it when I'm good at what I do and I take them for every penny they get. Yeah. Yeah, because I said he can't distance himself from people. Because they like him, and that's more popularity to him is more important than anything else. Because he's a fucking child. I agree. I think that's he's just he's a normal dude, dude. and again, applied all these qualities to someone because of whatever reason, and he's an idiot. You're already assuming he's smart enough to be introspective and have look at his actions and go. Actually, maybe I did wrong. No, he's going to go, whatever I did, it was the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he did that. Uh, yeah, you did, you this did wrong. This. No, I didn't. Took, you did. He took credit for something that Obama did. And he said, yeah, I did this. He's like, no, actually, this was done three years before you became president. Yeah. And, he it, and he's still, even now, he's still lying about, like, oh, yeah, I did this. Like, no, that, was, that just did not happen. That's a prick. Why do people I think the fact that people even have a cult based on the followings of Donald Trump, Trump. is insane? Because he's quite literally a toxic human being. He's a fucking villain. Yeah, like a Bond villain. Yeah, yeah, he is. He the is. only difference is they've got some kind of redeeming quality as to why they became a villain. His is just I like, I like money. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Everybody loves me. I'm your favorite president. That's the one that gets me. Is your favorite president? Fuck off. Wig wearing bastard. But then you've also got a question. He does sort of talk to people like they're children, right? (laughs) You know, he's not exactly uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. And no, don't do that. Be a good boy. Do as you're told. Vote for Donald Donald Trump. Trump. God. Kind of makes it creepier. We're in such a fucked up world. Speaking of the fucked up world, shall we go on to the main topic? Yay! Yay. Yeah, I'm ready for this. I've got, I don't know if you can see it, I've got my uh, all-seeing eye ring on. Uh Uh-oh. 
because I am a member of the Illuminati, and this we're going. This is just going to be a casual chat about the Illuminati. Is that true? What you remember? Yeah, I've been saying, <laughs> I've been saying this for years. I always tell people. You just like sign up on a website, yeah? <laughs> well, you actually can. There's uh, Illuminati.org. You can actually sign up to be a member of the Illuminati. Is that the actual Illuminati? It's like a copycat mass- massive cash grab. It's so funny. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's that like so you can either just pay up front, you pay this massive amount, um Scientology. <laughs> basically. <laughs> then you get this yeah, instant membership. Or you can go for the free membership. Um, but you have to pass a series of tests if you go for the free membership. Right. What kind of and the test it's things like okay, so on the Illuminati manual uh, page 16, line 5, what does it say? So you have to go and buy this book from their website. Uh, and by the time you've bought all this stuff, you've actually spent the same amount of money uh, that you would have if you did a paid <laughs> It's a massive cash And you can get, like, there's photos of people on the website and uh, they've got, like, these, like, um, Illuminati rings and necklaces and stuff. And... So, they, so, yeah, I made a Pop, like I, a brown I, I, I love the symbology of the Illuminati, like, you know, the pyramid with the eye in it. It's a, well, it actually goes right back, doesn't it? I mean, Illuminati is uh, Latin for like the illuminated or something, isn't it? Or the, the enlightened ones. Mm. So the, the actual group of the Illuminati, there was a group which is known as the Bavarian or Bavarian Illuminati. They're like the super ridiculously wealthy kings and queens of Europe, right? Yep. Oh. So it was set up in the 1700s, 1773, if I remember correctly. Um, it's a goal. So you see, I'm not even looking at notes for this. So this is yeah. how much I know. <laughs> um, but it was settled by a guy called Adam Whiteout in Bavaria. And it was this group of secret society that he set up to go against religious rule. So in that time, the Catholic Church was in charge of everything. Yeah. And yeah. they were trying to downplay science. So Adam Rice helped set up the Illuminati, which is Latin for the Enlightened Ones, um, in order to sort of to go against the um, the persecution that religion was having on science and free thinking. But that's, but that's, a, that's actually a really good and sort of legit cause, you know. I mean, yeah, but then Adam it's White pretty clear that Christianity to... was running rampant and taking over, and then there were also all the other radical religious right. ideas in conflict. Like, the best sort of thing was to just hold up, <laughs> let's be people first. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it did get, I mean, Adam Weishaupt did get a bit sort of megalomaniac y after a while. I mean, it's inevitable. Mm. You know, previous discussions. See here, bullet point. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, but the, I mean that that group um, dissipated. It ended centuries ago. It didn't even last that long. But there's this massive belief that it carried on and it became more secret. And now well, they are actually running the world in the background. I think you've got to look at the actual evidence. I I wasn't aware that the. Uh, ideal was quite as noble and perhaps that's something that's uh, a bit more of 
uh, a driving point. You know, in in whether they're here or not here, that absence has to be filled. That void is still there, kind of thing. So, yeah. it it's either filled by them in, in physical, physical presence, presence or, or in spiritual presence. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's still that particular way of thinking, that ideology that's revered and sort of adhered to. But then, like all extremes. I definitely think we've got our extremes here as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, back then, because uh, um, Adam Weishaupt was, he were, he was a lecturer at a university, and he was the only um, the only lecturer at this university who wasn't ordained. Yeah. And so he was like, why have we got priests teaching science? They're not doing it properly. They're not talking about everything. They're not doing yeah. this, they're not doing that. So he set up. It's like, I mean, that that particular time. This is nothing to do with the Illuminati, but that particular time in history is known as the Age of Enlightenment, mm-hmm. because that's when we started moving away from superstitions and moving away from um, religion is the word to let's think for ourselves for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Again, like, like having well, that having that sort of catch all. Like, like, you can solve all my problems if I just pray hard enough is a bit stupid yeah having that support as like a back and a baseline is a different story but when you're literally relying on it to live and you're not doing anything other than waiting for it to happen essentially you're being a bit foolish yeah this idea of the illuminati being um, an evil organization that comes from fiction I think yeah. A lot of the things that people think they know about the Illuminati, it comes from um, one of two places. Uh, The first one was a trilogy of books called the Illuminatus Trilogy from the seventies, and the other was a card game Hmm. called, which I think was actually based on those books. Um, But it's this whole idea of the Illuminati have been around since ancient Rome. No, they haven't. I think it's more yeah, a question of... The Illuminati was in the 1700s with Adam Weishaupt. That was the, the first group that called itself the Illuminati. Maybe, I mean, yeah, you know, conspiracies in Rome, there was a different one every fucking day. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, look at look at Julia, the death of Julius Caesar, for example. Well, all you've got to do is look at the fact that they have something like 53 miles of bookshelves that you can only read information from if you're approved and you have to know what you're looking for before you go in there so essentially they are sitting on the secrets of human history but you're not allowed to know unless you're religious enough yeah exactly it's like having scientific texts completely and utterly like uh, no, you're not allowed to know how water boils because you're religious. No, you have to be not religious at all to understand science. How fucking arrogant is that? <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like the the symbolism. So I look like I love the symbolism of the Illuminati uh, to the point where I am, you know, I I am actually wanting to get myself an all-seeing eye tattoo. And now I've got my ring that's got the uh, got the Aussie eye on it, and it's just yeah, it's just it's just a great little image. Well, I think there's a, a lot of so implications that to, to do with the Illuminati, with the original Illuminati. 
There's a lot of implications to it, though. That that symbol sort of shows uh, the idea of something always watching and always being present. So maybe the idea of the Illuminati being around just in spirit is a comfort to some people, knowing that there's like some grand puppeteers yeah. in the world oh, that have got a plan that are actually right. working towards something. Yeah. Well, this I mean, that this would be amazing. Moment. But I think in reality, it's just chaos, and we're seeing it for what it is, looking for greater meaning. Well, that's what I always say. I, I often say, and I've, I know I've said it to you before about vote Illuminati, because like, the the whole it it, go, it coincides with another conspiracy theory, which is the New World Order, and it's yeah, all, yeah. the one world government. Oh, that's like, bring it! I am so down with that. Let's have a one world government. Yeah, put yeah, egos but, aside, like so, get a basic set of rules down and then apply it to everyone. Job done. It doesn't exactly. need to be more complicated than that. Let's have one currency for the entire world. Let's have, you know, there's, there's no, let's, let, let's end the separations. If there is actually an Illuminati, if there is actually a shadowy clandestine group that is secretly running everything and this is what they're going for. Mm. Why stop it? It sounds fucking great. Imagine how I prosperous to go on it would be I, working favorite, towards a goal that's not an enemy. Yeah. One of my favourite things to do, as you know, I, lo- I love going to France. And I have spent so much time in France, and I go on my own, I just go walk around, I love the country. At the moment, I can't go because my passport now. If there was a one-world government, I wouldn't need a passport. Well, you probably well, still would. Why? Because, because again... Like, You've got to look at left and right and political ideologies. Well, and everyone what, looks what, what, at the insane left and thinks doing everyone doing what they want is what we want. No, no, it's not. But then you don't want everything regulated either. So what so, you need is a little tiny paper trail. Just you came into this country and then there was a murder, right? And then we found something from England by the murder. You're a suspect. That's logic. That's well, not persecution. That's logic. The way that if I they then interrogate you and find out you had nothing to do with it, cool. But the paper trail led you there. It's just like saying, you know, when you type in a pin to go into a building, like a storage room, or when you go into your bank vault or whatever else, like obviously you have to sign in to go there. It should be the same with someone else's country, right? It's not well, your home. The way that I, the way that I'm looking at it, so if it's a one world government, one government for the entire world. It could be kind of like the UK. So you've got the UK is made up of different countries. I don't need a passport to go to Scotland. No, you don't. So that's because. For most. most. So why would I need a passport to go to France if there's one government that that covers the world? It would be the same thing. I don't need a passport. Well, I think we're looking at passport as more like a permission list. I don't think it'd be like that. I think it would be more like like Easter for worldwide travel. Hmm. You just sort of scan out and scan in of different countries so that they can get a rough idea of where everyone is. Otherwise, you're in a bit of a fucking pickle, aren't you? I mean, the one thing about a world government is you still need to delegate provinces and local areas. Of course, of course. So it'd be kind of like the America situation where you've got federal law and state law. The the federal law we want to be as as black and white and as least restrictive as possible. You know, things like murder is bad, various crimes are bad, don't do them. That's pretty much it, you know. 
there isn't a, any kind of nonsense for grey areas. And that's where your states come in and they go, well, actually, we're a predominantly religious community, so we want to be particularly aware of, say, religious persecution or we're a predominantly ethnic community, so we want to be aware of racism or so on and so forth. And then you sort of bring those in on a smaller scale and have that dealt with by the people who actually need to deal with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I could sit there and turn around to you based on an experience of what I had with, uh, let's say I met a black person on the street, right? And we get in a chit chat and I have an altercation and I'm like, I don't like this person. Therefore, I'm going to apply how I feel about you to everyone who looks and resembles you. That's kind kind of nonsense, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of silly. Kind of, it is nonsense. The truth of what it is. It's just getting past your ego and getting to that point where you're not having to sort of deal with that clash of personal ideals, you know, like just because you're wrong isn't necessarily a battle on your pride or isn't saying you're inferior or isn't doing this or that. And that's all you doing that. It's actually just you're wrong <laughs> and that's fine. You're allowed to be wrong. It's good to be wrong. Because then you find out you're wrong. Most of the time, if you're right, you assume you're right because of the information you've read and the people you've spoken to. If you tell me stuff, unless it sounds absurd, I don't turn around and go, are you sure? Is that fact? Really? Is it? Yeah. Because it's just an inhibitor to conversation. It just gets in the way. So we have to assume a certain degree of trust anyway, basically each and everyday living. So having that applied, like world government, state government kind of thing, it would basically be the same, just with less paperwork. Instead of a passport, you'd have an Oyster card. You know? Yeah, you see, perfect. Brilliant. Do it. I love that idea. Vote Illuminati. Yeah, I do too. But then the real issue is, what do we do with the world's army? Well, technically, will we need one? Well, that's... Because if, we, think, yeah, if we'll it's one government, technically the world will be one country. I think we'll need lots of subdivisions of armies, but the minute you put them under that one banner, it can be a bit dangerous if wielded too heavy-handedly, you know? Yeah. Again, I think the army should almost... I know it sounds weird, but they should almost represent themselves so, on a global scale. Do you know what you I mean? Know, if we're going to, as as citizens, if I look at what the British Army do and I'm disgusted or bored, then I'm going to condemn the whole army, aren't I? I'm not going to condemn the government that told them to do that, even though that's the right option. And the same is true on the reverse. If they do something good, I'm going to tell them, Good job, you done good. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell the government who told them to do it like, well done, because that's yeah, that's, that's misappropriation. That's, you can't dismiss that responsibility. That's kind of the problem with armies is there is no responsibility because it's just dictated by a government. So give them their own will to act. How many armies would be willing to go to war if you had to ask them first? Good point. You know, you or know, if they knew each other. Because think about an army over here. 
in various operations. They're going to have camaraderie with an army in America, an army in Japan, and so on and so forth, or everywhere around the world. Do you think they're going to go want to find that, fight their friends for you? Mm. Fuck no. Yeah, that's a very good Bring point. the reality back to the world, mate. Make people accountable. Start with governments, start with armies, give them their own voices, give them their opinions, give them the respect they deserve, and take the power away and split it up a bit more. If the army controls itself, then the government can't willy-nilly do what it likes. It has to ask the army for help, you know? And then if the army get out of hand and we have to deal with them, then that's just an unfortunate situation that will inevitably never happen because the army are people too. You can't have that. They're not going to shit on their own doorstep. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course not. You're not just going to have them go, you know what? I'm really really sick of these people around me in my everyday, the shopkeepers and the postal service work. So I'm just going to kill everybody. Right, what next? It doesn't really work. If anything, war just teaches you how futile killing people is because there'll be someone else who picks up the ideology and the banner anyway and it doesn't fucking matter about whether they're alive or not because you martyred them now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) I mean, if the the Illuminati... If the Illuminati within the conspiracy theory exists, and they have already have control of the world's armies... Then they're cowards. Do you know what that means? Nothing. It means they can't hold that strength. It's not no, it actually a strength. Beyonce can start a war. <laughs> well... Because let's not yeah. forget, we're talking about conspiracy theories, and the theory is Beyonce is one of the heads. Beyonce and Jay-Z are the top dogs in the Illuminati. Well, that's because... So is, is Lady Gaga. They've got something going back to a lot of extra wealth, and there's obviously their different brands and business endeavours and so on and so forth, so they're pretty high up there on the entrepreneur scale. Again, it's the individual power, right? But like, uh, I've said this before. If you if you were the head of the Illuminati, right, you're the top dog, the head honcho. Are you really only going to be recruiting the richest people? Of course not, because then you're blind to civilization. You have to have a a sample of everyone. I'm a member of the Illuminati, I'll say that was a joke. Uh, But when I uh, when I meet people who are like really into this conspiracy theory, well, I'm a member. I've got my ring. I'm a member. Do you really think it would just be the rich people? The ideology is not a rich ideology. Exactly. But it makes more sense to have people like me as members rather than people like Beyonce. Well, I think you'd want both, right? (laughs) But then. You'd want famous people. I mean, like, because they're a secret society. Let's face it. Secret society, the terms. Because people, it's always not much of a secret if people know about it. The term secret society isn't a group of people who are a secret. It's a group of people who do things that are a secret. Yeah, yeah. That's what secret society is. So knowing that the Illuminati is a thing is not knowing about a secret. That's okay. Because they do it. It makes it worse, right? Because then you could be looking for something that's 
kind of yeah, fit interpretation yeah. of it rather than what exactly. exactly you might be looking for the illuminati when in reality you had to look for the enlightened ones company you know what i mean <laughs> so this is where you get people like watching i can't remember the name of the song but it's one of katy perry's music videos and it's got all this like egyptian uh, people saying that's her telling you that she's in the illuminati Oh, that's cute. If you were the head of the Illuminati and you wanted to keep what you're doing a secret, would you let Katy Perry make a music video that's got all your symbols in it? It depends what my motivations were. And this goes back to what we spoke about last week, where people apply sort of um, their versions of a court beliefs to it because they're like, oh, well, it's all, they have to get their symbols out there to make the magic work. Like, no, they don't. That's not how it works. I want to bring up Justice League for a minute. Right. Ooh. Imagine if Justice League, if Batman wasn't rich, if Batman was dirt poor, right, normal everyday dude, do you think he's going to get the Justice League to work together? No. So, in the same manner, do you think the people at the head of the Illuminati are already unfathomably rich? If they exist. If they exist, of course, yeah. Um, well, yeah, of course. And then I mean, do you not, not think that there would be a point where they would have to consider finances as being literally representative of this power? Is, uh, this is where the whole Bohemian Grove thing comes into play as well. So, because um, people say but that the meetings that they have every year at Bohemian Grove is an Illuminati meeting because there's all these rich, famous people and influential people. It's like, well, no, it's not. They just, they get together, they do some weird shit, and they have a party, and that's it. But the thing about an Illuminati party is there's no, like... It rhymes. How, if you're a member of the Illuminati, sure, that's fine. You know you're a member of the Illuminati. You don't exactly know everyone else who's in it just by signing up. Yeah. You don't exactly. get that privileged address book. Here's all the Illuminati privileged ones that you can call and assign parties to whenever you like. It's all about. Is thing. it is it going to be like the Freemasons where they have um, the like secret handshakes and stuff? And they, this, I actually I, think there is no danger. Really, I don't think the two are that different in terms of their general scope and what they're trying to accomplish and the conspiracy well, theories around them. Yeah, well, that's you've the got to look at it as, as what it is, and that is it was a threat to the government and order and status quo of the time. Yeah, Freemasonry has nothing to do with world domination. Well, you say that. No, then, it's nothing to do with world domination. No, not initially it wasn't. The ideology was to, I believe, so have the Masons I, I who they Mason. wanted. I almost became a Mason. I told you about this, didn't I? Yeah, I think yeah. I mentioned it on an episode. Yeah, I almost it. became a Mason. And if, the only thing that stopped me is because I don't believe in a higher power. Well, it's the right. mysticism behind the idea that um, at the time, a government would have needed hands to build all of the projects it needed to build. Yeah. So, 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 so. And the people, and the people building, building it didn't necessarily yeah. want to do it as a service all the time, so, especially when so, they were yeah, paid for Yeah. So in some capacity, they held a power over the government in the same way that the Illuminati held power over the government, in which case was religion at the time. They, they had that power to challenge what people considered normal and considered uh, unchangeable. And because of that, it was, oh, shit, they're this powerful that they 
can challenge this mainstream ideal. Yeah. And I think it's that ideology that's passed down. You know, you look at the Freemasons and everything else around it and you see things like secret handshakes and very, very wealthy secret hidden estates and things like that that are essentially interchangeable. They're the same thing. You're talking about secrets because it's a group that's associated with secrets. They might as well be the same thing, and they probably you know, are. In, in non-pandemic times, you can actually go to a Freemason lodge and you can walk around. You can go for a tour. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about Freemasons. In terms I've sat, of I've sat in a bar. Because I, I was going to, um, for a different podcast, I was going to interview a Mason. This is where the whole thing about me becoming a member came from, because they were just so impressed with uh, my approach to it. But the, yeah, the problem and how much is... I agreed with what they do, and it's like, okay, well, how about this? But because I don't believe in a high power, then I can't be a, uh, can't be a mason. Yeah, I mean, you don't. This, I mean, we're talking about secret societies. I now, believe in a higher that, power that is God, but I don't think that higher power is anything that you can just magic away. It doesn't change who you are as a person. Well, that's it. Because to be a, to become a Freemason, you have to believe in a God, not a particular god just as long as you believe in a god or a higher power of some sort just and... read some uh, Lovecraft and go there and say Cthulhu <laughs> yeah well that's it Cthulhu's not a god he's a priest oh yeah. yeah interesting but um, yeah having that sort of I think yeah, when you've got a secret even, society even it doesn't really fit in with their idea no, true yeah thinking about a secret society like how pissed would you be when you see something that's supposed to be open and transparent, like politics, and then they have their own hidden sect within that, which often they do, who are working towards their own agendas yeah. and their own things with a combined power and so on and so forth. Like, that stuff is every day. You'll, you'll get that in any group. <laughs> of course. To go back to, like... Uh, you look at that, it's a negative as a whole. Yeah, because people always point out about how... Um... Oh, you know, the Freemasons, they only look after each other because if you're a Freemason and you want something done, you have to go to another Freemason. So, well, that's normal. Respect. Yeah. I mean, like, if you think about it, if you, if you wanted to learn guitar, yeah. would you go and find yourself a guitar teacher or would you just come to me and say, show me some stuff on the guitar? Uh, probably go to you first. Yeah. But that's more so because you want to have an idea of what you're stepping into, right? It's like that... Uh... But you'll go to the people cross. you know. You go to the people that you know, and you like, especially if it's business involved as well. Is that not like, just so social I, life, though? Do yeah, you not think that that's I mean, more I, of a case I, I of I'm working that, within who I'm comfortable with to to try and better us as a as a tribe? Exactly. But if you've got a friend who's got their own business, like say, if I if I started doing gardening, you need work in your garden. Mm. Would you just? Uh, well, I'm not going to bother asking Andy. No, or I'd want you to say, ask you because I'd want to put money in your pocket rather than exactly, a stranger I don't know. Exactly. And that's basically what a lot but of these secret societies do. The unfortunate truth of that, though, is what I've just expressed is corruption. Even if I were to just go to you... Well, that's the problem we've got in the government right now, right? All the stuff with the pandemic, PPE and everything else, all the contracts handed to their mates first instead of fair competition and so on and so forth so yeah, by definition there. it's already in murky waters you're already dealing with conflicting priorities 
if they were weren't a secret, you wouldn't have that because everything would be open. So the unfortunate truth with secret societies is you have to assume they're working against you. Mm. Because if they weren't, they'd be open about it. They'd the be telling you uh, they're trying I to think help the, you. The right? difference, uh, especially with what's going on with our government, is that it's the end because the government are saying, no, no, we're not doing that, we're not doing that, we're not doing that, but they are. Well, yeah, yeah, um, that's more of a, we've got more of an impasse when it comes to fucking basic everyday integrity where <laughs> guess who's in charge of investigating any of the wrongs in the government oh it's you is it mr government well what do you say about your actions recently mr government oh there was nothing wrong mr government oh okay <laughs> we have to take you at your word because that's how we design the fucking system so, <laughs> that's just a... they vote illuminati bring it in yeah well <laughs> Should we should we stand up to be the first prime ministers of the Illuminati party? Yeah, do this now again. According to the we're going to end up in something so deep, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, well according, again, according to the conspiracy theory, any time that things like this are mentioned um, in a recording or performance or broadcast of any kind, and they're listening, so somebody from the Illuminati yeah. will be listening to this episode. I mean, I mean get in touch. We both want to be. We want to be involved. We want to help you to achieve your goals. I am so behind the Illuminati. I support it so much. I think it's very so easy to look at the extremes of a one-world government and be like, "Oh no!" But then you've just got like a, a evil villain organization kind of thing where everyone's a henchman and that kind yeah, of. Thing. I mean, we've not even touched on the occult side of the conspiracy theories either. No, that no, makes no. Me up because again, it's like I mentioned last week. There's so many. Things that people mention, oh, it's all a cult, it's magic. They don't know what they're talking about. Aren't they, Aren't they supposed to have some uh, weird thing where they're like praying to an old god and that's how they get their wealth and benefactors? Yeah. <laughs> no, you can get that god wrong because like people always mention Moloch the owl god. Moloch was a bull god. Uh, yeah. The owl symbol is, and that comes from Bohemian Grove, the owl symbol uh, symbolizes wisdom. Well, I spoke about Batman earlier, but the whole court of owls is basically like a metaphor for the Illuminati, isn't it? It's yes. That secret yes. society working within Gotham that are trying to fuck everything up, but okay. you can't do nothing about it. And it, it, it really outlines how complicated society can be. Like, uh, at the end of the day, we like to think of ourselves as developed and clever and smart, smart and brilliant. Indian. But we keep falling into the same traps of tribalism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to be more like me and not like you, so I'm going to oppose you. Yeah. Oh, no, we can't get on, so I'm going to oppose you. Just, we can't get on is fine. <laughs> you don't have to take that extra step to then be counterproductive to life, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't like everybody. There's 99% chance I'm probably not going to like a lot of people listening to this, and it's okay. So because you won't like me either. <laughs> you know what I mean? We need to get back to that mentality. It's okay not to get on. It's okay to think different things. Me and, Matt, that, me and Matt disagree. Real so world. This is yeah. where we, we were touching on with like the whole megalomania and things like that, but with secret societies. Like, if you're hidden in an echo chamber of self-indulgence, how is that not a recipe for madness? Yeah, exactly. Eventually, you will go insane. Everyone is telling you what you want to hear because they want something from you. 
you then are hearing only what you want to hear, which is going to make you paranoid. Because even if you're not the smartest tool in the box, you'll realize things are going awfully well. So then you start thinking, okay, uh, either they're working against me or I need to do better. And that constant personality battle where other people with me or against me, are they with me or against me? Are they with me or against me? Like you're going to have swings of emotional turmoil. One minute you're investing billions into a new thing for the, pu- for the public, but they don't give a shit. And then you upset an old lady when you go shopping and suddenly the world's against you. <laughs> like it's all exaggerated and through like the, a microscope and a megaphone. Yeah. And then at the end of that, like you're kind of left with the option of no longer being rich and fading into obscurity or just going mad from all the public attention and blowing up in some capacity. That is the recipe of fame. That is the recipe of any kind of success. The more people start to indulge you in your successes, the more fucked up you will be. Yeah, of course. It's okay to acknowledge them and to go, yeah, I really learned a lot from that. But use it as an opportunity to teach other people your lessons or to revisit them with a new light, perhaps, or do something. Don't just sit there and go, yeah, I'm the fucking best. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who? when was the last time you think anyone had the balls to tell Donald Trump within his own circle of everyday life? I was about to say exactly the same thing. Trump is an echo chamber. Well, that's that's exactly it. Because he's not going to give people the time of day who oppose him. So they're not going to get to talk. He silenced them. If there's no opposing voice, then everything is good. (laughs) Definitely. So, yeah, it's a bit of a... I mean, if the Illuminati were secret, that's the only reason I could think of for them still being secret. Is because if people knew about it, it would change what they're actually doing. Yeah. But... I'd still like some knowledge of what you're up to, just to reassure me that it's not sinister. Yeah, that that would be the way to do it. If 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 you're going to have an organisation like that, then just every now and then just pop up and say, okay, so this is what our plan is. Okay, we're, we're doing things. I can't really tell you what it is we're doing, but this is the goal. All right? Yeah, yeah. We'll see you in a year. Well, our yeah. focus is environmental stability this year. So, cool. <laughs> That's it. You've got but this whole idea that the Illuminati is this evil thing that's like this evil. I don't get it. I mean, like I do. I I have been. Yeah, I I have used the term Illuminati to describe something that actually does exist, and it's not some like devil worshipping cannibalistic fucking weird group. No, it's, no, just it's just an ideology business. It's just business. It's the way the world is capitalism. The Illuminati is capitalism. Well, that's kind of the scariest thing, right? You're sitting there saying how hey, you don't understand it could be used as sinister means. Well, look at our capitalist system of today. Like, it's very easy to exploit them. It's very easy to find a loophole in the system or something that isn't covered explicitly and then just run with it. Like, technically, because the law is not against you you're not doing anything wrong so you can validate your actions not only to yourself but to everyone else so that instead of being a criminal you're actually smart yeah weird isn't it so there was a guy who 
sold a load of uh, speaker cables. Um, I, I think it was on Facebook Marketplace. I can't remember. Um, and he was selling them as zero signal speaker cables. Right. Now, zero signal obviously means no signal. He was selling broken speaker cables that don't work. Yeah. But he wasn't listing that they were broken, but he was saying they were zero signal. So that, and because of that, he got to keep all the money he made from these It's like the people that sell, because like, Halekla's packaging. Yeah. You know, like if I were to sell you, for example, uh, you know, I list a box of Dragon Ball Z Super Tournament of Power card game or whatever, and you would assume, being a collector, that it's a box with packs in it. No, it's just the fucking box. Yeah. That's normal. This is all loopholes that we exploit. And it's almost like because we're preying on each other, the way we feel better about it is, well, if you fell for it, it's natural selection. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the law is failing already by not covering those sort of exploits and leaving them open. And now we have a system where everybody is openly and plainly exploiting the law to the point where it almost seems meritless. It's only hanging on by a thread. You know, what value does it have? No one gives a shit about it. Mm. You know, or if it only works in very specific and limited situations, you've got to have a bit more flexibility with life and a bit more sort of empathy. But then nowadays, we also have to understand that if there's a hole to exploit, it's both parties' fault. Yeah, of course. So if the Illuminati are sitting there wielding absolute power, the problem with a giant organization that's all secretive like that and based on who knows who and so on and so forth means there is no concrete power hierarchy. The minute someone is sick of the leadership, rallies enough people to overthrow and coup, that's exactly what you get. And you have that enough times and you can be running with what essentially is a shell of ideology. You know, it could have started as the Illuminati posing against churches and so on and so forth. And then one member was actually religious and betrayed the whole lot. And now it's a religious organization that's posing as an anti-religious organization. But then because it's perceived as an anti-religious organization. These people question their beliefs a bit more. There might be a bit, you know what I mean? It'll all feed on from there. And now you would end up with something that's completely unrecognizable only in name. You know, you just have the name, like, as the only trait that you can see and understand. But the, the message, the ideology, even the people will have changed so much that it is just now business. The only thing you can look at as true and as fact and as a record will be the numbers <laughs> can't trust the people so trust the numbers it's weird <laughs> I, I genuinely think that's the sort of progress that these sort of secret societies would have had because if they started and they were established with x amount of people all it takes is for one person to go bill you're a fucking wet drip you're shit at running this let me take charge. I know what we want. Yeah, and then everything changes. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I'd also like to point out 
Nazi Germany and how well, we though, got to that point. <laughs> well, it's more so talking about how people can go along with things without necessarily realizing how much of an impact they're having or how big how, how the bigger picture is obscured or obfuscated. You know, if you're a secret society and you operate on the lack of information being your priority, you would assume that extend to your members as well. And that is going to foster an environment of paranoia and worry and fear, which is basically going to accelerate the amount of overthrows that happen <laughs> to the point where you, we might even have a machine in charge of the Illuminati and they've just managed to subterfuge their way in. You know, Google just snuck it in there and bam. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's just uh, a placeholder for some really rich, powerful company with way too much reach. Yeah. Too much reach is key, you know, because <laughs> everyone's got reach, but they've got too much. So before we uh, before we uh, end off the episode, then does the Illuminati exist? Does it still exist? Should we say? I think in some capacity, it definitely exists as an ideology. You know, there are people that look at why it existed and what it tried to accomplish. And sort of, they see the message, they see the truth of that, and they think, well, actually, yeah, especially in history, you know, crusades, the whole of fucking uh, religious persecution and invasion and general conversion and indoctrination, there are some atrocities in religion that are never going to be faced. Yeah. So having something stand up to that was massive. It challenged the everyday. And the same is true. The Freemasons, they challenge the everyday. Those ideologies live forever. So, you know, just talking about it now, whether they exist or not, doesn't matter because they exist as a concept, as an ideology. With the actuality of it, I think there might be some Illuminati money out there in some form, but it's detached from the ideology now. It's not anything other than part of the system and pretending to be otherwise. Right. You know, kind of like when you realize that although, you know, you might be challenging the government, they might have some very, very good benefits that they can offer you. Or they might take away some very important facets of your life if you're against them. You know, <laughs> It's not hard to get into that social battle, especially when you look back in history. And I think it's just everywhere. It's predominant. It can't be the same thing just by nature of change. And we don't know about it, so they can't be successful. That's mm. my logic. So they're, they're around in like a so, shell or a corpse somewhere. You know, someone's claiming to be in charge or someone's following the orders of someone claiming to be in charge. But there's no actual order or structure. They're just blind idealists. I think that's pretty sound logic, to be honest. <laughs> I think you might be onto, onto something there. Yeah. I'd like to, to meet a Illuminatium, if that's a word. I've made it up, I'm taking it. Illuminatus. Illuminatium. It's got a cool little <laughs> Italian twang on the end, you know. <laughs> Have that, yeah. <laughs> Again, it, it's the money part of it, right? If these ideologies were allowed to just challenge one another on an even playing field, then perhaps we'd be looking at a very different world today. But because you can buy 
ideologies and you can buy victory <laughs> it really just sort of puts the emphasis on that cold hard objective numerical value and almost promotes a lack of trust they can't be very healthy these illuminatiums you know paranoid about every it'd be like being uh, a drug dealer or a money printer do you know what i mean everywhere you go you're looking over your shoulder like oh shit what do i do they're watching me i'm scared the paranoia would be insane yeah mental <laughs> you'd almost have to deny it to get by wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course and uh yeah and that uh, is apparently what is happening will make sense maybe they do exist Maybe the Illuminati is right. Oh my god, are we actually ending? Me changing my mind? They're like, they're like, <laughs> the more we talk about it, I'm going to change my mind at the end of it. <laughs> I, I, again, yes, it's down to interpretation, right? They, they don't exist in that exact form anymore. That's 100% yeah. non negotiable. But the ideology and the financial side, the business side of it, will have both been preserved in different ways. That's it. It's no Whether longer they're the same thing, people. it's different. Yeah, it's no longer a group of people meeting up in, a, in, the, in one room somewhere, deciding how they're going to change the world. It is just basically... It's a group of faceless, nameless people who are just doing things in the same way, to the same ends. Do you know why they're faceless and nameless, though? Why? Because, as an ideology, anyway. Because then it's relatable to you. It could be anyone. Yes. Yeah, that's it. It could you know be us. I mean? Yeah, exactly. I, like, it could you be know. you or in actually in the Illuminati. Well, no, I wouldn't have I'd to be inducted talk. into the Illuminati. No one's going to tell me I am or I'm not part of the Illuminati. I would have to believe in what they believe in. And then just by living my life, I would be part of the Illuminati. Interesting. If I don't believe in religion dictating the actions of civilization, which I massively don't, I'm hugely against uh, religion being any part of law. Yeah. Besides the core beliefs, you know, pre preservation of life and that kind of thing. So just by having that ideology, I'm already a part of the Illuminati. Because I already go against the mainstream, you know, things like uh, the Vatican or Sharia law or things like that that are just barbarous, in my opinion. That the madness is going, it's trying to be fixed at a point in time forever. You can't have that. You have to display change and growth. You have to show yeah, you have to progress. evolution and change. You have to take agency in your own life and. To just be beholden to some fucking magical spirit in the sky sounds like horseshit to me. <laughs> it sounds like people using it for their own machinations, but they're doing it dishonestly. Yeah. I'd, at least, you know, the evil of the Illuminati would be straight up what it is. If they're doing a China and just buying up the world on the sly, well, you sold it. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you 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 still had a part to play. It wasn't just like you were manipulated or you had no control over it. No, you you played your part. That's very different. Yeah, it's a fair know. game. You know? Fair enough. So yeah, but then yeah, you know, with the money and things like that, who knows? That could be a ridiculous wealth of treasure that's hidden underneath the 
Vatican or something that they claimed and never returned. Well, who knows? Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah, the template. The trail would go would be impossible because you're looking at unknown people throughout unknown points of time with unknown contemporaries, <laughs> and they wouldn't necessarily be trading money with each other. You know what I mean? The Illuminati is not going to have a big Illuminati bank account. they're not going to have like their own sort of company and bank account and that's they're going to operate through multiple smaller ones and things like that so they're going to have different reaches in terms of what they can and can't touch financially i reckon if the illuminati is around in that sense they've got their hands on some kind of fossil fuel or some sort of digital technology and they're just sitting there as a shell I really like your idea that it's more of a philosophy. It is. That instead of becoming, you know, like you have to do all these initiations to become a member. No, you just have to think the same way. I like that idea. Well, that's just it. There. That's the conclusion. If you I turned to you and I said, no, you don't think like me, you have to go through all this horseshit just to prove to me that you're an <laughs> Illuminati. Isn't that me being full of shit? <laughs> So therefore, both of us, we are actually part of the Illuminati because we agree yeah. with certain aspects of what they apparently are working towards. How many uh, episodes of anything have you listened to where they started out complete nobodies and at the end of it, they were <laughs> members of the Illuminati? All right, so yeah. Proud members, might I add, in Proud good standing. The Illuminati. Vote Illuminati. Join us, people. Join us. <laughs> Don't just let us know. Don't just set, like join in the conversation and send us messages and stuff. No, join us in the Illuminati. Got to be careful, you know, rallying, getting people against the government. That's bad. We'll get in trouble. For them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a law they didn't leave a loophole for us. You're not yeah. allowed to challenge the authority. That's it. Yeah. So, so yeah. There we go. We're in the Illuminati. We are Illuminatium. <laughs> Come join us. One of us. One world order. Yeah, bring it on. Well, Matt, as always, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you. Yay! And thank you for everybody for listening, if you have listened. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We're good. We're, shall, shall we tell them what we're talking about next week? We've got it all planned. Yeah, I yeah. think we should start dropping some teasers. Start yeah. getting, getting excited. That's it. So next week we're going to be talking about various myths and legends. Through the eyes of the Illuminati, obviously. So that's <laughs> yeah, who we are. Because that's who we are. <laughs> I love it. Need to get it now. We need to get you sort of something now. I've got my ring with the you'll see an eye on it. You need something to... It's got to be garish. Like, so... We'll get, we'll get, we'll get far away and go... We'll get a mask. We'll get That's Matthew's the all-seeing eye. That's the Illuminati symbol. We'll get, what? Yeah, get much Illuminati tattoos. <laughs> That'd be kind of jokes, yeah. I'm getting one anyway in the new year, so you might as well come with me and get it as well. That could be interesting. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Display my uh, my true allegiance to the world. <laughs> I've been broke Bruce Wayne. <laughs> 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 and this is our Justice League meeting. <laughs>